Welcome to The Green Insider, powered by eRenewable. Each and every podcast, hosts Mike Niemer and Greg Frank will bring you energy experts to help you better understand the renewable and sustainability space. Education is important to us because it's important to you, the listener. Now here's Mike Niemer and Greg Frank. Cal Media Studios in Houston, home of ESPN, 97.5, and Map Radio. Welcome to the Green Insider Podcast, powered by eRenewable. I am Mike Niemer, co-founder and CEO of eRenewable. And I'm Greg Frank, the host of the Green Insider Podcast. In episode 130, you will hear from Mr. Ken Robinson, president of NG Energy Marketing. Ken discusses the energy transition, markets, responsibly sourced gas, Europe, and more. But before you hear from Ken, we first have Tim Berrigan, Executive Director and CEO of NEMA, with another NEMA News Minute. This is Tim Berrigan, Executive Director of the North American Energy Markets Association. Thanks for the opportunity to provide another NEMA News Minute. As the summer heat bears down on all of us, we hope everyone is staying cool and getting to spend some good vacation days with their families and friends. NEMA is pleased to welcome seven new members that have joined over the past couple of months. Aeolian LP, ClearTrace, Insight Sourcing Group, Power Analytics Software LLC, CWP Energy, Manitowoc Public Utilities, and Paramount Capital LLC are all new members of NEMA since our last News Minute in March. We were able to meet some of the new member representatives in Austin. We hope to meet the rest of them in Atlanta in October. Speaking of Austin, we want to say thank you to all that attended and participated at Lost Pines. The Spring 2022 conference was the most attended conference in NAMIS history. The feedback from our members was overwhelmingly positive. Yes, we believe people are ready to get back face-to-face. Regarding Atlanta, the Fall 2022 NAMA conference will be held at Lowe's Midtown Hotel October 12th through 14th. This is a beautiful hotel in a historic and beautiful part of the ATL. We expect to launch the conference website in late July or early August. NEMA is hosting a regional reception in Ann Arbor, Michigan on July 26, 2022 at Stonecrest Golf Club. These receptions are designed to facilitate networking amongst our members in a safe and local venue. More information about the event will be forthcoming to our members and on our website at www.nema.com. Thank you for the opportunity to provide this news minute. We will provide another one in a few weeks, and we hope to see everyone in Midtown Atlanta in October. Thank you, Tim, for the NEMA update. And now our friend and guest, Mr. Ken Robinson. That's why we use the term energy transition, because it's not going to happen overnight. It's a transition. Okay. It's fossil fuels. Uh, moving for even natural gas is something that you know they think they're going to move away from and go to maybe more of a hydrogen, but it's it's a transition, and you you know you continue to move down a path where you're reducing your greenhouse gases, your carbon footprint, but you really I don't know how many years it's going to take, but it's not something that you can do overnight. That's why it's a it's a transition, and we we we're, you know we move at the pace that the industry and, and government and the world will allow you to. And it's just, it's, that's what, that's the way I look at it. It's not doing away with anything. It's, it's, it's an orderly transition. Now, let me ask you these people, the uh, battery storage owners that own the facility, just like with 
natural gas storage or crude tank storage or refined fuel storage, do they lease that unit for people to use it if they need it? So they have they could they could. You know, we we've talked to a few firms that are willing to lease it to us, um, much like they'd lease a gas storage, and you're just using their asset um, to um, charge and discharge right. on the grid. Uh, you could do it on standalone, or you can do it as part of um, an asset that you already own. That's a, like a wind or solar farm. I spent a lot of time working with our team and how we grow and develop in, in countries like Spain, well, all, all of Western Europe, to make sure it's economical. Because you know, you get to a point where you got a subsidized subsidized market moving to an unsubsidized free market, and you got to work through um, doing long term deals, ten, twelve year deals. U.S. is not. U.S. is pretty far along, though. It's it's not like we're behind Europe. They're, you know, that's where we see a lot of potential is in the U.S. It's a very it's the most competitive market in the world. It's the most mature as far as its infrastructure, you know, on the grid, the ISOs, the um, the transparency and pricing, uh, much for, much more than what Europe is in a lot of respects. So uh, the U.S. is is can hold its own very well what we call responsibly sourced gas or low methane, low carbon natural gas. Um, and the reason for that is we're, we're, we're highly involved um, like most companies in natural gas. Also it's, you know, it's, it's a, uh, it's, it's part of the energy trans transition. And we've got, uh, there was a concern about shale gas and about the high methane content. And so we've been working with um, let's say the producer and end users around you coming up with this responsibly sourced gas. That's the term that's labeled most often. And it's not just on methane, it's across air, what they do with water treatment, with their social environmental uh, community impact. Uh, so we, we talked to various firms about their approach around validating, pushing to make sure there's an accountability at the producer level. And uh, we're working with the firm, um, called Canary Project, they, they, they have this IES trust wheel around a certification. And I believe that's, that's an area where we'll, we'll start to see a lot more emphasis on trying to come up with a, um, let's say a low methane or, or an RSG type gas that, that'll, that'll move us forward. And I think all this, um, you know, concern about shale gas, potentially you'll, you'll evolve a different market. It's no different than the oil markets that created low sulfur, high sulfur, light, heavy. I mean, it's just a grade differential. And in this case, it's an environmental differential. And I think that's, uh, I think that's an emerging area too that we're really focused on on natural gas as part of our energy transition. On the RSG, uh, responsibly sourced gas. So again, we're, we're working on both sides, producers and consumers. And on the producer side, we're working through these pilots to test it out because um, they've been working on their ESG for years. Um, and now it's how do we make it more transparent where it's beyond just a self-validation and we've got a third party coming in. And again, I, I mentioned this um, Project Canary IS Trustwell. There's others also that we've been talking to. And um, we go through these pilots, which is a, a partnership where we can test, um, you know, what they're doing, the different metrics on methane intensity, what they're doing around their, their air and water, um, what they're doing on community, the impact that they may have, you know, traffic and, um, you, know, you know, potential concerns that a community may have on it. And so it allow us to go through and test all these different criteria to see um, what is most sensible 
Uh, and then coming up with standardized metrics, I think, is the key. And as we go forward, we won't have pilots anymore. It'll just be, I think the goal will be to have a market that um, prevails both on the, the supply, meaning the producers and the, um, the end users. End users, um, they're, you know, they're, they're, they've got sustainability goals. They want to be green. Uh, but there's nothing pushing them to do that other than their own companies. And so there's not a regulation, but I think, you know, everybody's interested in it. It's just a about first movers and people getting involved. And I think the pilots will be a good test for us to do that. The CNP companies, a lot of them have already been doing this. Uh, they've invested in, in well integrity and the electric, electric fracking or hydro, hydraulics, um, you know, all sorts of things to, to manage because they, they understand the ESG, um, they've got to comply. They've got to get investment. Uh, so, so it's um, it's really more just proving something that's that's working. And maybe there, there's probably an opportunity to to make some changes to uh, to let's say enhance um, and looking at all the criteria and everybody. You know, methane, the carbon footprint's important, but also there's other aspects around water, uh, air, other air particles to be concerned about, and and again, community and social. It's a big. That's part of the the S and E. ESG. So um, it's not just strictly the methane, which is the, you know, the most harmful to the environment, um, but it's a more well-rounded ESG type focus. Companies are hiring ESG vice presidents and directors and they're, you know, these producers, the big producers, even maybe in the midsize have got someone looking at because they know that uh, the investment capital that goes goes towards them, the financing, the potential credit ratings could be um, discounted. Um, and so they're, they're financially, it's very important that they're moving towards an ESG environment because, um, you know, they get their money from the markets they're through debt and equity. And ESG is just um, forefront. It's being pushed by consumers, um, uh, you know, big corporates that are that are focused on on having a you know a cleaner environment. So um, everybody's aware. It's not not just because it's been talked about in politics. Mm-hmm. I think everybody's aware they've got to have that. Obviously, our company's been doing it for a while, and we're there to help others through this energy transition towards um, carbon neutral environment. But um, I, I can't really speak for the producers but i see it and i know that they're 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 looking at it um as well as uh, on the consumer side you know when you're um absorbing um traditional power or or burning power or you're you're taking in natural gas they're looking at it too it's just it's it's just not evolved in our market yet um it's not a fungible commodity let's say at this point or a scalable commodity would probably be a better word no, we're seeing it before. I, I mean, even like in the, I think the U.S. is a good case where, um, let's just say maybe some of the rules have been relaxed, but companies are still, they want to live in a greener world. And so they don't need a mandate or a regulation. Some do, some need to be forced uh, or, or not necessarily forced, but need, you know, to abide. Prodded in that direction. Yeah, prodded. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the companies um, want, you know, it's strong message to show that they've got sustainable goals they want to uh, um, have a light impact on the environment not only what they're doing um, internally with their own companies but also in their value chain some of these companies are looking what others are doing that are doing business with them part of the scope three emissions um, and they're they're you know, making demands on what some of their their clients are doing and their customers are doing in, in their customer chain or their value chain so it's it's um 
doesn't necessarily have to be a mandate. It's really what a company's aspirations are, what they want to do. Um, so I don't think, I don't, I don't think you can just focus on just mandates doing it. Mandates typically help push things in a way. Thank you, Ken. I encourage you to listen to his original podcast where he shares his experience and knowledge with all of us. Please go to our website at erenewable.com, click the Green Insider tab, episode 22, to hear more great information from Ken. And if you want some more great information from another guest, let's remind you that our Follower Friday is right around the corner, as we will hear outtakes from Matt Beaton, SVP of Renewable Energy and Emerging Technologies at TRC Companies and former Secretary of Energy and Environmental Affairs for the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. This has been another edition of the Green Insider Podcast. Thank you all for listening and enjoy the rest of your day.